Hello, my friends. You're listening to Repent and Believe podcast with Cynthia Smalls of Back to God Ministries. Welcome, my friends. Here we talk and teach the message of Jesus Christ, the only one who can claim the title of Savior of the world. We also discuss all things repentance and belief in Jesus Christ and how all these things tie into living a lifestyle where our deeds are manifested and fast and God so that we may be molded by the Father into vessels to be used for His glory. Amen. Amen. All right, so let's get started. Hey everyone, before we get started, I'd like to say thank you for tuning in. And if you enjoy my podcast, please share download, leave me a message or comment. Thanks guys. Hello everyone. This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How's everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You beloved are to never, and I mean never, ever, give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. All right, my brothers and sisters, listen. Let me just say this. Our faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ will be called into account on the day that he judges the inhabited world in righteousness. So, what we talking about today, well, our hearts cannot be divided. So, let's start off with what the Lord has to say to us today. Let us come over here to Revelation. Revelation 22, verses 11 to 13. The Amplified Bible says, Let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy, vile, impure still be filthy, and the one who is righteous, just, upright, still be righteous and the one who is holy still be holy verse 12 behold i jesus am coming quickly and my reward is with me to give to each one according to the merit of his deeds earthly works faithfulness verse 13 I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the eternal one. Amen. So, beloved, listen. You and I must pick a side. Either we are all in with the kingdom of God. Or we are all in 
for the kingdom of darkness. There's no straddling of the fence. You cannot have Jesus Christ and eternal life and serve this present evil world who is ran by Satan. You can't have your cake and eat it too, beloved. So we need to come over here to where we at Ezekiel, Isaiah, and Matthew. Because these three passages all say the same thing. So let's begin with Isaiah 29, 13. And the Lord said, Because this people draw near with their mouth and honor me with their lips, while their hearts are far from me, and the fear of me is a commandment taught by men. Amen. So, you know what that says to me, right? Mm-hmm. There is no fear of the Lord. There is no real fear of the Lord. Because this watered-down gospel that is coming out of the false church, that many who claim his name are still sitting up under, these religious apostates teach that damnable doctrine, once saved, always saved, because in that commandment taught by men, there is no fear of the Lord if all you have to do, if all you have to do is make a confession for Christ and you can actually live however you want and still go to heaven, you and I, if we don't come out from that madness, will perish, beloved. That teaching is a commandment of men. No where, no how in scripture. Is it even implied that we don't have to obey Christ and be faithful and endure until the end so that we may be saved? We are, listen, because don't have me ringing this bell 7.30 in the morning. Nowhere in scripture does it even imply that we can, in fact, disobey God and still have eternal life. Beloved, I keep asking the same rhetorical question because I already know the answer. Just like many who are Jesus' true sheep, we know the answer. Listen, you mean to tell me that I can still stay in my fornication, adultery, drug addic addiction? You mean to tell me that I can still stay a drunkard, a homosexual, a liar, a murderer? But because five years ago, ten years ago, 
I've said some unbiblical sinner's prayer, but that I can still live like the devil and still go to heaven because I am eternally secured? Oh, absolutely not. That's a tradition, a teaching of men who are in sin themselves with guilty consciences. So, of course, they would teach this doctrine of devils. I'm telling y'all, the Holy Spirit gave me insight. This once I'm saved, I'm always saved, went down in the garden. Please go to Genesis chapter 3. Because God gave the command, Adam and Eve disobeyed, and the devil came right behind Eve and told her, no, you will not die, because that's the consequence that holy God gave Adam. If you disobey me, if you eat from this tree that I have forbidden, you shall surely die. And the devil said, no, you won't. You will not surely die. And we all know the story after that. So we cannot live in willful, blatant, knowing, habitual sin and still believe that we have fellowship with the Father, you are deceived. Completely deceived. And not only that, you are living in self-delusion. You have deluded yourself because of these wolves in sheep's clothing that you and God not to mention Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, are in a special place that you, because meanwhile back at the ranch, all of us must straighten up and fly right and stay on the path that leads to eternal life. But you have such a unique relationship with God that you can stay in sin every day and you say out of your mouth that you and God are good when you going to bed and waking up in your sin you see beloved thank you Holy Spirit that's self delusion listen you are listen to me you are delusional, delusional, beloved, to even contemplate that you can stay in adultery, fornication, pornography, masturbation, still dressing like a harlot, still dressing like a gigolo, still be a slanderer, still be a swindling thief. And you mean to tell me that you can practice immolation, heresy, backbiting, being a gossip, divisive, evil, 
malicious slanderer and you still get to go to heaven and you say, oh, I am born again. I came to Jesus 19 years ago. He, he understands me. See, beloved, that's delusional. To even think that you are in a special place with Jesus, but you are not. And if you do not repent, and if you do not turn around and go back to God, you shall surely perish. Oh, beloved. So, let's get back over here, right? I gave you. Isaiah 29, 13. Look at Ezekiel 33, 31. And they come to you as people come. And they sit before you as my people. And they hear what you say. But, but they will not do it. For with lustful talk in their mouths they act. Their heart is set on their gain. Amen. Oh, beloved, look at the pattern that the Lord is setting before us today. People are claiming they know the Lord. They know his word. But guess what? They are not doing his word. Holy Spirit gave me another golden nugget not too long ago because many confess they are believers. He said there are many believers, but few, but few followers. Beloved, there is a vast difference between a believer and a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ because following Jesus will cost you everything everything to pick up your cross deny yourselves and follow Jesus yes Holy Spirit because see believers do not deny themselves oh they know all about Jesus they know all about the cross. They know all about his death, burial, and resurrection. They know scripture. They go to church. These are they who practice the false doctrine of tithing. They do all religious activity. But when it comes to that flesh, there are some things they are not going to give up. I have in my mind right now one precious soul. With his mouth, you will walk away like this brother loves Jesus. Look at what's coming out of his mouth. Testimony after testimony how Christ has delivered him. According to his testimony, he was a fornicator, 
a drunkard, I believe, drugs, probably cigarette smoking. His life was anything but obedient. This is his testimony. And the more that I, I would listen, my heart is fallen. You want to know why it's falling? Because after all what he is saying, oh, all of us should lift our hands to the heavens and praise the living God for this deliverance of this soul who was most certainly on his way to certain damnation. But guess what, beloved? Because as as he kept going on and on about how good the Lord has been in his life and blessing him because he didn't have much, but now he does, <clears throat> according to his testimony, he is right where he he believes that God has him. And I'm like, that's great. Oh, that is so wonderful. Yes. Praise the living God. But again, guess what, beloved? He's in adultery. His testimony would bring anyone to Christ. Looking at the goodness and the mercy of God. If you ask me, his testimony can snatch many from the flames of hell's fire. But guess what? His heart, unbeknownst to him, because I tried to make it plain to this precious soul, if you have a living spouse, which he does, and he has remarried which he has his first covenant spouse is alive and well in the earth and he's waking up and going to bed every day with an adulterous wife I gave him the scriptures beloved and I'm sharing this testimony by the grace of God. Because what the Lord is saying to us over here in Isaiah 29, 13, Ezekiel 33, 31. He believes every bit of once I'm saved, I'm always saved. So he believes, okay, well, if you say that I'm in this adulterous remarriage, but I'm still good with God because his grace covers me. The blood of Jesus has forgiven me. So I'm good with God. And I'm like, not if you are waking up and going to bed in adultery. You are deceived. Precious, you are deceived. And till this day, he is still saying him and God are good as he's glorifying him. Oh, beloved, look at Matthew 15, verse 7 
let me see. Yep, verse 7 to 9. Jesus was telling those religious Pharisees. And we better keep this in mind too. You hypocrites. Well did Isaiah prophesy of you when he said, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain. Because it's, it's truly worthless at this point. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Amen. Oh, beloved. I don't know about you all, but the plight of what's happening to many who confess Jesus on the day of judgment, many will hear, depart from me. I never knew you. You worker of iniquity. Beloved, make up your minds. Make up your minds. Are you for Jesus or not? Because many are straddling the fence. Many are taking their salvation lightly. Because the Bible commands us to work out our salvation with what? Fear and trembling. And this is why I keep saying this. Once I'm saved, always saved, eternal security is so dangerous. Because there is no fear of God in that. If you believe that your past and your present and future sins were all rolled up together in one gigantic ball and nailed to the cross. Where is the motivation, if you will? Where is the incentive to live holy as we are commanded if all that we do will be just swept under the rug. Jesus got us covered. We don't have to worry about confessing sin. For what? There's no need to live a life that produces good, righteous fruit of obedience in keeping with our repentance, in keeping with the fact that we have changed our minds. No longer do we want to no longer do we want or strive to live wicked lives, but we turn from that and we turn to God so that Holy Spirit can sanctify us, consecrate us, so that we can stay on the path that leads to eternal life. Listen, read your Bibles. We don't have eternal life on day one when we confess with our mouths what Jesus is Lord. This sanctification is a lifelong journey. Only when Jesus Christ is revealed will we have 
eternal life. That is why he tells us to endure and remain faithful to him until the last day. And then he will raise us up. Oh, beloved, listen. Like I said, many are taking their salvation lightly. Many believe that God is okie dokie with their sin as long as they've made a confession with their mouths for Christ. But their lifestyles shows otherwise. So, I'm asking today, are you for Jesus or are you not? You got to make up your mind. Are you with the King of Glory or are you with the Lord of the Flies? Because eternity is watching your decision. For listen, for it only has two destinations. It is either the kingdom of God or that lake of fire. And you and I will spend all of eternity in either one or two of those places. So you better get you better get it settled within your hearts. You got to get this settled settled in your spirits. To whom are you serving this day? Beloved, we cannot, we cannot be compromisers. We cannot want this pagan, hedonistic, debauched, satanic world and Jesus at the same time. He done already told us you cannot serve two masters. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is what? Money, possessions, fame, status, or whatever is valued more than the Lord. Amen. See, beloved, compromise is forbidden in the Bible. So, I'm going to be talking about a number of things and relating scriptures to it. And I may be repeating some scriptures because they apply across the board of what we're talking about today. Listen, beloved, and hear me. We cannot be friends with this world. Now that we are in Christ Jesus, we must leave its superficial values alone. We are to kick the dust over our past lives and walk in the newness of this born-again life that has been so graciously given to us by our Father in heaven who sent Jesus to die for our sins so that his wrath 
would no longer be upon us. I'm telling you, beloved, we must walk in the fear of the Lord. Do we not know the God of whom we serve? You cannot tell me you are serving the God who destroyed the whole world with a flood and not fear him. You cannot tell me, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you serve the God who rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah and destroyed those towns because of their perverse sodomy. You cannot tell me that you serve the God of the Bible who to his good pleasure smote his one and only begotten son nailed him to the cross to die for the sins of the world. Turn his back on Jesus Christ. You mean to tell me you don't fear that God? Who, who in the person of Jesus Christ came to this world and allowed himself to be crucified? In such a horrific, brutal, violent, bloody, shameful death on your behalf. And you don't fear the one when he returns in flaming fire. Taking vengeance on them who know not God and who obey not the gospel. They shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the power of his glory. You mean to tell me that you can still live in open, rebellious, perpetual sin and you say you fear God? No, you do not. No, you don't. I just laid out a, a fraction of what holy God is capable of doing to those who behave and live wickedly. And you mean to tell me none of that even moves you? Have you even read anything out of the New Testament? How the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob dealt with the rebellious children of Israel? Because you see, the problem is the apostate church paints a picture of a feel-good Jesus. A feel-good God that all he wants to do is to bless your life with houses, cars, and lands and a new spouse. Oh no, beloved. You better dig into the Bible. And understand, when Christ returns, he's not coming out to pass out hugs, beloved. He's coming to separate the goats from his sheep, the wheat from the tares. Oh, there will be a massive separation. Some will go to his left and some will go to the right. 
Some will hear, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I don't know you. I, I never had an intimate relationship with you. And some will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter my father's kingdom. Share in his glory. Yes, there will be a great separation. And that is why the Lord is sending out his messengers, his prophets, his, his apostles and teachers and evangelists to get this message across. Repent, 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 turn from your evil, wicked ways and come to Christ before it is too late. Live holy, live clean, don't give up on Jesus, stop having a divided heart. You cannot have this world and claim Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He already told us you can't do it. You're not going to be fully devoted to one. You're not going to be able to love one because you're going to either despise one and love the other and vice versa. You can't love this world and totally, totally give your life to Jesus. He's telling us it is not possible. And if you think it is possible, you are living in self-delusion. You are completely deceived. Oh, beloved. In Christ, we are commanded to put on the new man. We take off the old man. We don't make provision for the flesh. We do not go back to the vomit. We stay out of sin. We come up out of sin. We remain faithful to Jesus Christ until the very end. Listen, the greatest promise, if you ask me, given us is found in revelation revelation 2 verse 10 be faithful until death see beloved this is a lifelong journey of faithfulness to the one who saved our wretched lying murderous souls from hell's fire he's telling us be faithful until death and I will give you a crown of life. Jesus said those words, beloved. So we're in here. Is he telling us that on the day you say you believe in me, but there's no attesting evidence of your faith that you still get to inherit my father's kingdom because he's telling us be faithful unto unto death so yes holy spirit yes and yes so where is the eternal security in this 
on the day you say some sinner's prayer or you answered somebody's apostate altar call because he's telling us to remain faithful what does remaining faithful means because maybe that's the problem no one is truly understanding what it means to remain faithful to jesus it means obeying jesus until the day you die you're not obeying jesus if you're still smoking weed you're still sleeping around you're still dressing like a harlot you refuse and claim ignorance of adulterous remarriages you still lie like a rug you on the down low still in these triangular homosexual lesbian affairs you think what you do in the secret that heaven is not watching and recording you're not living a life of purity this is this is what it means to live a life faithful to jesus you strive every day like he told us to enter through the narrow door we do every day like he tells us to deny this flesh crucify 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 this flesh and follow him being faithful to jesus is listening to what he has taught obeying them and doing them and following his teachings rather than those of mere mortals whose father is truly satan because if anyone is teaching you that you have eternal security no matter how you live you are still a child of god that person was not sent by the lord jesus christ to tell you anything these churches hold plays that that mock holy language they have apostate quote unquote gospel singers who who are living in the flesh who have signed blood contracts with music production houses these people are not godly but yet the bishop keeps inviting them to your annual christmas shows and easter shows he has a flock of goats who can't even follow the basic instruction of putting on some clothes and covering up that body but yet he wants to parade these worldly singers and and actors before you and you sit by and you say nothing and you actually purchase tickets to attend these air quotes gospel plays there is no such thing in the kingdom of god as a gospel play you want to know why jesus hates hypocrisy acting is hypocrisy 
These men and women are play acting. Well, now, Cynthia, this 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 is entertainment because at the end of the plays, it's always a story about how someone they were living wickedly. They were born again, but then they they get caught up in the world. But the Lord brings them back, and at the end, they glorify God. Beloved, hush. Hush, because you have clearly bought into the lie. Satan has you right where he wants you deceived. He got you right where he wants you to be deceived that it is okay to sit back for 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half as actors pretend they are godly, saying all of these Sacred language like, amen, hallelujah, mocking, Holy Spirit, talking about God, won't he do it? Come on, beloved. Nowhere do we see Jesus and the apostles putting on Christian plays. Do we see Jesus doing any of that? The answer is no. Because what Jesus are you following if you are sitting up in the dark watching skits at the church? Telling you, beloved, many are not going to make it. So, yeah, like I was saying, the greatest promise given to us, be faithful unto death. And I will give you a crown of life. Jesus is telling us this in Revelation 2 verse 10. Because no one has ever been more faithful in keeping a promise than Almighty God. Jesus stated often that he had come to fulfill his father's will, not his own. His message came from his father. It was not his own. When Jesus promised a crown of life to everyone who comes to him for forgiveness and remains faithful to him unto death, well, the promise came straight from his father. Because, beloved, I don't know if you realize this or not, but being faithful to Christ is not a once in a a once in a while matter. Oh no, beloved. Listen to these scriptures about how compromise is forbidden. Galatians 1, 6 through 7. Because see, Paul was just too through with those in Galatia. He says, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel, which is really not another. Only there are some who are disturbing you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Amen and beloved. These apostates up in these denominational pulpits distort the 
the gospel of Christ because they teach as the gospel that once you are saved, you are always saved. The problem with that foolishness is that we are not safe yet until the day we die. We just read what Jesus just told us over there. What? Where is it at? Revelation 2 verse 10. He said, be faithful unto death. So that says a whole lot. This is not saying we are good to go. He did not say, I will give you a crown of life on the day you open up your mouth and confess me as Lord. He's not saying that, but once saved, always saved teaches just that, that you are safe and nothing you can do, nothing that will prevent you from getting this crown of life. But that's simply not true. Jesus said, until death, remain faithful to me. Then, then I will give you a crown of life. He said, so that's conditional. In order for you to receive this crown of life, something must take place in order for you to get it. And this is where many, many apostates or just downright out and out false converts go, no, 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 because that means we are working for our salvation. Salvation is a free gift, which it is. There's nothing we could have done to earn it. You're right. But now that you are in Christ, he's telling us what to do to get this crown. So are you saying Jesus is religious? Jesus is being self-righteous? Something wrong with you. Now I mean, something is completely wrong with your thinking. Jesus just said, be faithful until death. And I will. So we have a part and he has a part. Our part is to remain faithful to Jesus until the bitter end. And I will. Because he's going to keep his end of the quote-unquote bargain. He says, if you remain faithful to me until death, I will give you the crown of life. Already explained to y'all by the Holy Spirit what it means to be faithful. So, let us come over here to dictionary.com. Faithful means remaining loyal and steadfast. It means constant, being true, being devoted, unwavering, steadfast, dedicated, committed, 
trusted, trusty, dependable, reliable. And guess what is on this list? Mm, Obedient. Thank you, Holy Spirit of the living God. Remaining faithful to Jesus means to be obedient to Jesus. Obedient means complying, excuse me, complying or willing to comply with orders or requests. Being submissive to another's will. Are you being submissive to the will of God? Because the will of God wants us to be like his son. Living in obedience, beloved. So, they ain't getting me with the 52 fake out about how I can live however I want and still go to heaven. I tried it. It don't work. You will drive yourself absolutely crazy. Not to mention being being back on that broad way straight to a burning hell. So, beloved, I don't care what anyone has to say. You're not going to tell me that I can still stay in adultery and fornication and homosexuality and still go to heaven. You want me to take the teachings and commandments of men over, over the words, the very words of Jesus Christ? You crazy. I'm telling this to your face. None of us who truly know The real Jesus Christ will tell you to your face, you are absolutely crazy. And you need to repent and stop the madness. Because if you are truly, sincerely living for Christ, what he tells us to do will not be a problem for you. It will not. Because many who did not have the correct interpretation about divorce and remarry equals adultery, because they loved Jesus more, they came out of it. They loved the person whom they were sharing a life with. But guess what? As much as they loved them, they loved Jesus more. Way more. And God gave them time, grace, and a strategy to come out of that sin. Pick a sin. God gives us grace, time, his patience, and mercy, and a strategy to come out of any lifestyle. That we are living in that is contrary to his holy word. But if you are rebellious. If you want what your loins crave more. Rather than Jesus command about remaining faithful until death. Two things. Number one. 
you don't love Jesus. Number two, you have not met the real Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, listen, beloved, I share my testimony on this podcast frequently enough that you all know by now. I played this both sides of the fence. I am not up here one-sided. Oh, I'm just totally righteous, you know. Y'all better pull it together because I got it all together. You going to hell. You going to hell. I'm <clears throat> I'm going to heaven. No, beloved. That's not how Jesus operates. When one has truly been snatched from hell's fire, all we want to do now is share the testimony that you cannot love this world and your flesh still claim in Jesus' name because you're going to perish. And by his grace and mercy, I did not perish. I was that close to dying in my sins, believing that I was born again, believing every bit of once I'm saved, I'm always saved. I may not be living right, but I know I'm going to heaven because I said the sinner's prayer. I read my Bible. I have a love for the scriptures. My pro- my problem was I was not, <clears throat> excuse me, I was not obeying the scriptures. I was serving a false Christ that apparently was okey-doke with my sin. Yeah, he may have wanted me to, to live a little better, but at the end of the day, he got me. No, beloved, that was not the Jesus Christ who willingly went to the cross dying for my sins. No, I was serving another Christ with a little See, beloved, listen to Romans 13, 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lust. See, these are the scriptures we must obey. Paul by the inspiration of Holy Spirit, is telling us, put on Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh regarding its lust. So, he's telling us, do not give opportunities. Don't make it easy for the flesh to get you in trouble. That means if you got to clear out your phone contacts because half the people in there you have had a sexual relationship with, get them out the phone. If your closets are filled with clothing that accentuate your body parts in nakedness, get rid of that. If you got a potty mouth, clean up your mouth. If you have a nasty disposition, get into Psalms, get into Proverbs so that your whole disposition can vastly change. Change. So rather being just so evil, depressed, and just 
an ugly person in the spirit. You can actually be joyful knowing that you are remaining faithful to Jesus unto death and he will give you the crown of life. Yeah, that changes your whole attitude. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. What else I got for you? Ah, uh, Second Corinthians 6, 14 and 15. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Beal? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Because see, beloved, I'm quickly giving us scriptures about how compromising with this world is forbidden. Satan and Christ has absolutely nothing in common. Light and dark has nothing in common. Believers and unbelievers have nothing in common. Nothing. So, so why are we yoked up with these individuals and still being attached to this world? James 4, 4 says, you adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Amen. Beloved, listen. Our hearts cannot be divided. We cannot say we are born again and yet our, our lifestyles are in direct contradiction to just what we just read alone in those five verses. You are still part of this world. You, you still participate in sexual immorality. You think that you can drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons and still make it into heaven. You constantly give opportunity to the devil when Ephesians... No, what is this? Yeah, Ephesians 4, 20, 27 tells us give no opportunity to the devil, but you give him plenty of opportunities. You are not submitting yourself to God like we are commanded. You are not resisting the devil like we are commanded. That's why he's not fleeing from you. Why should he? You constantly give him opportunity. And then when your life goes awry, here you go wanting to run down to somebody's deliverance ministry. Thinking you have demons. No, God is chastening you. That's what's happening. Beloved. I'm going to give us a few more scriptures about the attitudes we must have toward this world. Whom its inhabitants, if they do not repent, they are all going to perish. This is our mindsets 
toward this world. Yes, we are in this world, but we are commanded not to be of it. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Amen. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Beloved, if our minds are not being renewed, if we continue to be conformed to this world, then we won't know the will of God. We won't know what is good to him, what is acceptable to him, and what is perfect. If you are still steeped in sin, you won't know how God wants you to live because you are not in his word and obeying it. Are you a hearer only? Because we have been commanded to be doers of the word. Because you see, my hand is the first to be raised. I was a hearer only. I was not a doer of the word. That's why my life was in chaos. You're not going to have peace. Not the peace that Jesus leaves us with. His peace. You're not going to have Jesus' peace when you and I continue to be conformed to this world rather than having our minds renewed. Because this is what repentance is all about changing renewing the way you think no longer do you think sin is the big time fun no longer do you think god is playing with that lake of fire because he is not Mm-mm. first john two fifteen commands us do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's scripture. God's love is not in you if you still love this world. No. Because we are soldiers right we are soldiers in the army of the lord and so it is fitting that second timothy 2 4 says no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier Amen. That's a perfect analogy that Paul was giving Timothy. We who are born again, think army, think soldiers. Because in the military, oh, they have perfect allegiance to their commander in chief. 
if they even think about going against any of the commands, orders, regulations, they will be held in contempt. They will be court-martialed. How much more so if we go against the commandments of our commander-in-chief, Jesus Christ? So you mean to tell me that the army hold its soldiers more accountable than the living God holds his soldiers accountable? Beloved, you know that don't even make no kind of sense. And this is what the Holy Spirit wants to bring to our minds. Christ is above everything. Everything. So we, as his servants, ain't got no business being entangled in worldly affairs. Not at all. All we want to do is please the one who saved our wretched souls from certain damnation. We ain't looking to please the world by our participation in it. Absolutely not. God hates sin. All of it. Even the ones we commit in Christ, he still hates it. That's why he says to confess it, come to him in godly sorrow. And he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And guess what? He will, he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Bible talks about how our past sins were nailed to the cross that those sins that we committed in the past was nailed to the cross in the presence um, in the present if we miss the mark if we commit sin we go to God father I missed this forgive me this goes against your word Please forgive me. I'm not looking to ever go back to this. And Jesus laid out the pattern for us over there in John 8, 11, when he forgave the woman who was caught in the very act of adultery. Just like he, I forget the exact scripture, but the man that he healed from a lame foot, he told the both of them to go, comma, and sin no more. Once we have been forgiven of, of sin, we go going forward in life until the day we die, sinning no more, remaining faithful, being obedient to Christ. So, if we continue to live a lifestyle that goes against Jesus' teachings, we will perish. Yes, we will. Yes, we will, beloved. I know you are so heavenly indoctrinated with eternal security. All that I am saying is it sounds absolutely crazy to you because the bishop, 
your favorite wolf pastor keeps telling you that the blood of Jesus got you, his grace got you, which it, listen, because see, this is the whole madness about false doctrine. It has a smidgen of truth wrapped around a great big lie. Yes, God's grace. Yes, the blood of Jesus. Yes, eternal life is available. But to whom? To whom? Not to the one who's living in sin. It is not. No. Not, listen. Okay. We ain't talking about missing the mark. You know, slipping here and there, you know. But you are on the path to eternal life. Your life is not characterized by sin. You just happened to slip up about something and you sinned and you went to God and godly sorrow and you confessed that sin and he forgave you and going forward, you sin no more. But those who, who lives, lives are in fact characterized by sin these are they who keep claiming once they are saved they're always saved and they will pull out a plethora of scriptures about eternal life yes eternal life is available to those who follow jesus until the end he tells us in John 10, 27, 28, 29, to whom he will give eternal life to. His sheep. His, his true sheep. Because they, like he said, they follow him. He knows them. They recognize his voice. They listen, follow, and obey. And he says, to them, to them, look at your life. Are you in compliance with Jesus? Are you living a life of righteousness? Well, Cynthia, no one is perfect. You see, that comment right there says it all. It tells everyone exactly where you are. You are playing with your salvation. Because Jesus says to whom he will give eternal life to. It is to them who follow, listens, and obeys him. They are his true sheep. They ain't listening to the fake phony bishop and all of his high sounding nonsense about how I can disobey God and still go to heaven anyway. And that's the word of the day. Anyway, anyway, you can live like hell on earth and you will go to heaven anyway. Oh, beloved, many have died. And lifted their eyes in a burning hell off the back of once saved. I'm always saved. Uh-uh. If that is not the epitome of pride, then I don't know what is. Because no soldier in the army of the God, in the army of the Lord, serving the living God, entangles himself 
herself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. That's it. That's it, beloved. Because in closing, right, I did a teaching not too long ago about the acid test. So, yeah, I'm going to pull that up real quick. And we're going to run through it. But, listen, okay, Matthew 15, because earlier we were reading out of Matthew 15, what was it, verses 7, 8, and 9, about how Jesus was saying how they honor him with their mouths. In vain do they worship him, but their hearts are far from them. They rather run after the teachings and traditions and commandments of men rather than listening, following, and obeying him. Now, that's paraphrasing, but that's what he was saying, right? So if we come down to verse 10, right, as, as he was talking to them, in verse 10, he says, after Jesus called, called the crowd to him, he said, listen and understand this. It is not what goes into the mouth of a man that defiles and, and dishonors him, but what comes out of the mouth. This defiles and dishonors him. Then the disciples, verse 12, came and said to Jesus, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard you say this? He answered, Every plant which my heavenly father did not plant will be torn up by the roots. Leave them alone. They are blind guides. Leading blind followers. If a blind man leads a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Amen. Because see, in verse 15, Jesus is talking about the heart of man. Because Peter asked him, explain this parable about what defiles a person to us. And he said, are you still so dull and unable to put things together? Do you not understand that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But whatever word comes out of the mouth comes from the heart. And this is what defiles and dishonors the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts and plans, murders, adulteries, sexual immorality, deaths, false testimonies, slanders, verbal abuse, irreverent speech. See, beloved, real quick, irreverent speech. And this is what all of those ungodly, unbiblical Christian plays are all about from the moment. The lights goes down and the first word is uttered on the stage until the last word of the script is uttered. All of it is irreverent speech. They are not honoring God with that hypocrisy. Not at all. 
So Jesus was saying what comes out of the heart is what defiles a person. And he was saying verbal abuse, irreverent speech, blaspheming. These are the things which defile and dishonor the man. But eating with ceremonially unwashed hands does not defile the man. Amen. Because right before Jesus was telling them about how they honor him with their mouths, but their hearts are far from them because their traditions and commandments, they teach that as if it has the same weight of God's commands, if not more so. Because they, these Pharisees, they were complaining about how Jesus' disciples weren't following the traditions of the elders by not washing their hands. Because according to their traditions and their commandments, that a person is defiled if they eat with unwashed hands. And Jesus is like, look, listen. Okay, that's not what defiles a person. What defiles a person is what's in that heart that comes out of their mouths. And it shows up in their in their lifestyles. And he went on to describe a number of lifestyles that defiles the person. Amen. So, that previous lesson I was given about... The acid test. Hold on, let me pull it. Here we go. Because the acid test, that whole lesson was about how do you know that you love Jesus? Because the the acid test was what Jesus said about those who truly love him. Because again, we can't confess with these mouths until our tongues fall out of them. All day, Jesus is Lord. Oh, Jesus saved me from this. Oh, Jesus rescue me, um, rescue me from that. Oh, praise the Lord. We can do all of that. But he's saying that all of that is in vain. Because we are living in hypocrisy, sin, wickedness. It's a mess. And so the acid test, hold on, let, let, let me get the scripture. Hold on, hold on. Here we go. John 14, 15. Because Jesus says, if you really love me, you will keep and obey my commandment. Yes. So, are you keeping and obeying his commandments? Because let's, let's just pick on adulterous remarriages. Several scriptures that the Christ and the Apostle Paul gives us that all say the same thing. That if you divorce and you remarry, when you have a living spouse, you commit adultery. And anyone who marries 
one who is put away, will they commit adultery? Listen, Matthew 5.32, Matthew 19.9, Mark 10.11-12, Luke 16.18, Romans 7, hold on, yeah, Romans 7.3, and then we have 1 Corinthians chapter 7, read all of chapter 7. About marriage and about how, because look, Romans 7, 3, right? Accordingly, she will be designated as an adulteress if she unites herself to another man while her husband is alive. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law regarding marriage so that she is not an adulteress if she marries another man. Amen. So all of those scriptures, right? So if you have remarried and you listen to all of you who are in a remarriage and the first spouse, number one, is still alive, but you have divorced that person and you remarried and right now you claim you are a follower of Jesus and yet you are waking up and going to bed with your adulterous spouse. Jesus said you are an adulterer or an adulteress. He said this, not me, not anyone else. We are just teaching on his teachings. Paul, Paul made it clear in Romans 7, 3. If she, and this goes for the men too, unites herself to another man while her husband is alive, she has been designated as an adulteress. Oh, beloved. See? You were right there with Jesus until he started talking about that sin you are in and you don't want to give it up. That's where you are going to have a problem with him if you die before you come out of that adulterous remarriage. Are you serious about your life in Christ? Well, Cynthia, I know for a fact, Jesus has forgiven me. He told me this in prayer that, that I can stay right here because I will be committing another sin of divorce. Who told you that? Because I can tell you right now, my Jesus did not tell you no such thing. Jesus of Nazareth will never, hear me close, will never tell anyone to stay in sin when he has liberated us from the bondage of sin. Why will he tell you to stay in, a, in adultery when he's telling the rest of us to remain faithful, 
unto death, and then he will give us the crown of life. But you get to enjoy all of the sexual pleasures of being remarried. Meanwhile, those of us who have divorced and remarried come to find out we were in sin. But now we understand we must remain single. And it goes without saying, celibate. But not you though. Jesus told you that it's okay because people have misinterpreted what he said. No, we have not. No, we have not. It's your lying pastor who has misinterpreted. Jesus is very clear about all of his teachings and commandments. All of it. So, beloved, there we have that. I've said all of that to tell us this one thing. Our hearts cannot be divided. Either we are all in for Christ or we are serving the devil. That's it. Make a decision this day to whom you are going to serve because all of us will die one day. Keep that in mind. And do not be so arrogant and prideful that you got this in the bag. You got this all sewed up that you and Jesus are good to go, but yet you are living in sin. Your blood will not be on my hands. I came with the word of the Lord today. I love you. And love warns. I'm telling you what I know straight from heaven. If you do not repent, you too shall all likewise perish. When Jesus returns, he will have his reward. And he is going to judge every last single soul that was ever born. He's going to judge us. Let it be that we who had remained faithful until the end stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the crown of life. May none of our rewards be taken from us. May we not stand before him in judgment at the great white throne judgment. Because Revelation 20.15 tells us clearly, if your name is not found written in the Lamb's book of life, you will be thrown into the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, hallowed be thy holy name. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. Father, we are not ignorant of the scriptures. Christ Jesus tells us in Revelation 21 verses 7 to 8. He who overcomes the world by a hearing faithfully 
faithfully to Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior will inherit these things, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. But as for the cowards and unbelieving and abominable who are devoid of character and personal integrity and practice or tolerate immorality and murderers and sorcerers with intoxicating drugs and idolaters and occultists who practice and teach false religions and all the liars who knowingly deceive and twist truth, their part will be in the lake that blazes with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. Amen. Father, I don't know about many, but that is absolutely crystal clear to me. And I pray that it is absolutely crystal clear to those who claim that Jesus is their Lord. Father, we see over here in 1 Peter 1, starting in verse 14, we are commanded to live as obedient children of God who do not conform no, it's telling us, do not be conformed to the evil desires which govern you in your ignorance before you knew the requirements and transforming power of the good news regarding salvation. But like the Holy One who called you, be holy yourselves in all your conduct. Be set apart from the world by your godly character and moral courage. Because it is written, you shall be holy, set apart, for I am holy. Amen. And Father, verse 17, to me, it was like, there we have it. At the end of the day, there we have 1 Peter 1, 17. If you address as father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, well, conduct yourselves in reverent fear of him and, and with profound respect for him throughout the time of your stay on earth. Amen. So, Father, I, I don't, I mean, I get it now because we were serving a fake Christ. But those who know Christ Jesus and yet still stay in sin, claiming his name, Father, they are deceived. If we look at Revelation 2.10. In the Amplified. It's telling us at the tail end of verse 10. Be faithful to the point of death. 
if you must die for your faith. And I will give you the crown consisting of life. Amen. So, there's no two ways about it, Father. We must remain faithful to Jesus until death. Not when we feel like going back to the world. Not when we sit up in these apostate churches and the, the wolf in sheep's clothing, the bishop, keeps telling us once we're in the family, we're always in the family. That's not true because many have left Jesus. And I am so blessed that you gave me the word for the opening of this podcast. We are to remain faithful to Jesus. We walk by faith and not by sight. And we are to never, never, ever give up on Jesus. Why? Because, Father, you tell us why. So that we will receive the crown of life. And Satan, who has his agents everywhere claiming to be Christians, but they are really ravenous wolves in sheep's clothing. They will say, living on purpose, a life of obedience is working for our salvation. That, that we are trying to prove ourselves to be justified in your sight if we do what is right father i know that makes no sense that goes completely against everything you say in your word you rather have obedience not our money not our church going not our bible reading not us fasting not us burning animals but you rather have our obedience, our faithfulness, our allegiance, our loyalty, our devotion and dedication of these bodies. Presenting them as a living sacrifice, holy unto God. You don't want anything else from us but that. Our obedience and righteous good works in the Lord, us bearing good fruit, Jesus told us, it brings you glory. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your saints remain faithful to Jesus, that we stick to his word, his teachings, and we don't run after strange voices telling us that we can in fact and they could say whatever they want to say about well no that's not what we teach that is exactly what they teach they are liars that telling us that we can disobey you and still live because we saw that scenario go go down in the garden of eden and Adam and Eve, they were banished from your presence. I am not deceived. Not anymore. You have woken me up, Father. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 
Amen. All right, beloved. Listen, I got to go. Listen, repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. Go back to your first love. Light, children of light, come back home, prodigal child. You've been out there in the world too long. You say you love the Father, then come on back. He's waiting for you. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now. guys for tuning in i truly appreciate all your support until next time i'll be talking to y'all soon bye